Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the Nothing But Locks podcast. I'm your host, Allie Melnicki, accompanied by Robert Kowalski, my favorite co-worker. How are you doing today, Robert? Allie, doing just great. Looking forward to breaking down the uh, next round of wildcard games for us to look at. Yeah, and obviously we have the New York Giants. Can't be more excited for Sunday going up against the Vikings. We'll get to that in a little bit. But, Robert, let's just start out with I, – I think everyone – is surprised about the teams that made it in the NFC playoffs. I don't think the AFC comes as too big of a surprise. People expected the Bills, expected the Chargers, Bengals, Chiefs. Maybe the Jacksonville's a little surprised, but everyone expected Miami. I think if you'd said to everyone at the beginning of the year that you were going to have the Seahawks and the Giants and the Vikings in the playoffs, people might have been scratching their heads at you. So what do you make of the NFC Really, we don't see the power horses like the Rams in it. We don't see the Cardinals after they clinched last year and the Packers, who was the number one seed last year. So what do you make of the NFC this year? Yeah, exactly. I, I think that's the one that jumps out the most is like, you know, the mainstay in, in the NFC that you see every year uh, is the Green Bay Packers. And so with them not being present, even though, well, I mean, look, they literally had the the playoff spot right there in their cup. They just happened to spill it there at the very end. Uh, I, I just feel that it's, I don't know, I, I, I kind of enjoy it. I, I like seeing parity in the league. I like seeing some new fresh faces. Uh, I'm looking at, you know, some of the teams that have always been there. I don't know if, you know, at, at the start of the year, Ali, if we said that, hey, the Giants are going to make the playoffs this year, if we would have kind of agreed with that. Uh, so, in a way, I'm kind of happy with how the uh, NFC played itself out for this, com- you know, for this coming playoff season. Yeah, I love parity as well. I don't like seeing the same teams every year. I feel like you get a lot of that in the NBA. We saw Cleveland against the Warriors for I don't know how many years straight. Same thing with the Heat always being in it. So I really like the parity that we have in the NFL. All right, well, let's jump straight into the picks, and we'll start with Saturday's matchup between the Seahawks and the 49ers. This is the third time these two teams will meet all season. The last time they met was on a Thursday night a few weeks ago, and Brock Purdy and the 49ers completely demolished the Seahawks. They covered by – it was a pretty big point spread that they covered by, but we have a, a matchup again for the third time this year. And Robert, it's always hard to beat a team three times in a year. We we said that even last year with the 49ers. They beat the Rams twice in the regular season, lost to them in the postseason. I don't think this is the same case. I don't think that the Seahawks are anywhere near the level that the Rams were last year. And I actually think the 49ers are better this season than they were last year. But before I get into too much analysis, what are the odds for this one? Yeah, so we we found what the ceiling is early in the week as we opened up the game, the Niners nine and a half got up to 10, and finally 10 and a half for about 10 minutes or so uh, before coming back down to 10 and now nine and a half again. So uh, the moment it reaches the double-digit point spread, that's that's where the uh, the pushback comes in on Seattle. So Niners, nine and a half, the total 42 and a half, Allie. We talked yesterday about the Buffalo game and how you and I hate playing double-digit points. I mean, I hate laying points in general. You and I are both underdog betters. I love getting points. This one, to me, when I saw the high point spread, there was just no way I was going to back Seattle. I I had a number in my head that I said, all right, if it gets to this, I'll back Seattle. And it was about 10. 
but I just can't back Seattle. I think that they, they, I think they peaked too early at the beginning of the season. They had a lot of lucky breaks in Seattle when they faced the chargers, when they were missing half of their team, you look at, you look at some other teams that they beat. I just think that this is the Niners. This is the Niners game. I don't think it's going to be close. I think that the Niners win by, by definitely more than a touchdown. I think by two touchdowns. So I'm going with San Francisco. How about you, Robert? Ali, I'm having flashbacks to our national championship race now where we <laughs> picked Georgia in a route. I'm like, no, 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 no. Horn frogs. Horn frogs. As a matter of fact, Georgia would have to come back and win it late. Uh, and so I'm going to do it again. I think that Seattle will keep this game close. Uh, I have, obviously, the Niners far superior, uh, you know, in, in terms of a power rank score that I gave them. But even adding their home field, it doesn't quite add up to the current market price of nine and a half. So I'm going to take the points plus nine and a half with Seattle on here for no more reason other than I see their body of work, not only across the season, uh, but over the last two, three weeks, uh, including everything considering with the injuries. I mean, look, San Francisco's look absolutely stunning, no matter what quarterback is throwing for him. Uh, but in this particular instance, I do see Seattle keeping it close, uh, just uh, San Francisco advancing to the next round. Yeah, and I don't just I, I I don't hold anything against people who want to take the Seahawks. It is a high number, but since Brock Purdy took over, Robert, I believe San Francisco's only not covered the spread once. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. And that was against the Raiders. It went into overtime. They won. I think there was a lot of different factors why they didn't cover there. Stidham it was it was making his first. Uh, career start well at least first start with the Raiders I think that they had a lot going but when I look at these two teams the only thing that worries me about the Seahawks it's not Geno Smith it's not Kenneth Walker it's not their defense it's not even their receivers it's Pete Carroll because he's been here before he does know how to coach in these situations he's been to two Super Bowls winning one I think that that's an x factor however if if my we talked about x factors yesterday if this, the X factor for the Niners is taking away the run deep, is taking away the run. And they've been one of the best teams against the run this year. If they hold Kenneth Walker, if they don't let that run game go, that opens up Geno Smith to make multiple errors. And we've seen the last few games, he's been prone to throw interceptions. He, out, he wasn't as good down the stretch as he was earlier in the year. I know that some people might think otherwise, but the numbers say it all. What do you think is the X factor for both teams, Robert? Correct. I didn't want to mention that one. That probably is the Achilles heel. If Seattle does get the run option taken away from them, this could get ugly fast. Uh, so I'll put this one on the effectiveness, not of Kenneth Walker, but on Geno Smith. Uh, I'm hoping that his magic continues here uh, in an effort to keep the game close. Uh, to me, from a point spread perspective, it's all on Geno Smith for me. Yeah, I totally agree with you there. So what about the total? Are you leaning over or under on this one? Well, based on how I see the game playing itself out, I think the game goes over the total only because the when, when a Seattle's effective, they're in the mid-20s. Uh, and if San Francisco is going to win and not cover, it's got to go over the total. So uh, I'll go over 42 and a half just based off of the offensive scheme that I think Seattle will have success with. I think I'm going to go with the over as well, but I think that the Niners definitely still win by double digits. 
I think that they get in the they get close to 30 points. I think Seattle will be good for anywhere from 10 to maybe 17 points. Uh, it's 17 being the top. So I'm going to agree with you. I think the over for me, I, I'm a little more confident in, in San Francisco covering. But needless to say, I'm still going to back San Francisco. All right, let's move on to the game that I've wanted to talk about for years. And that's the Giants playoff game because I haven't been able to talk about this in about, what, eight, eight years, six, six seven years? So it's been a while. <laughs> anyway, what are the odds for the New York Giants taking on the Vikings, Robert? And here in the rematch, we have the Minnesota Vikings opening as a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Got bet up to three, and that's currently where it's at. Vikings by a field goal in a total of 48-and-a-half. I'm not just saying this as a Giants fan, but I am pretty confident that not only will the Giants cover, but we win this game outright. If you looked at the first game when these two teams faced each other on Christmas Eve, I thought the Giants were the better team. I thought they executed the game plan very well. I think if it not if it were not for uh, some bad special teams play where we, we got the block punt, you also looked at Richie James dropped a key third down pass that could have led to a touchdown. Maybe you look at, we should have had at least two interceptions. One, our defender dropped the other one got overturned on review, which I still to this day think that it was a, it was a turnover. I think the giants were the better team. I think going up against them again, we are healthier. Saquon has had two weeks of rest now because it's been two weeks since he's last played. I think he has a bigger game. But most importantly for me, Robert, is the confidence that Daniel Jones is playing with right now. I've never seen him look this confident playing. He looked exactly the part against the Colts. Even the Vikings, you saw shades of it. He led that team that game. And had it been not for one interception, that really wasn't his fault. It was a very good play by Patrick Peterson on defense. He had a near-perfect game. So I think that Daniel Jones is going to be the leader. I think he's going to be the quarterback that David Gettleman saw when he drafted him six overall. I think Jones steps up and really has a coming out game in the postseason. What do you think? I am uh, I am going to go on record and say the Giants win this game outright. Uh, I think that if they just uh, – look, it's not like Minnesota's not paying attention to the game that they played as well. They know that they won it on a on a 61 yard field goal at the very end but you know for the giants you know clearly what they need to do is to limit their mistakes uh you know those two turnovers you know played a big factor in why they lost despite them picking up 440 you know like 450 yards of total offense or something the number was some insane number uh but definitely going to see a lot more of saquon barkley rushing the ball more than the 15 times or so that he carried it uh, I think Jan Daniel Jones since Christmas Eve has developed even further, uh, which is which is kind of weird. Thinking, you know, how much more can a quarterback develop in just one month? But I do see that happening. The only thing that I'm concerned about is that if you realize that it was T.J. Hawkinson that beat you a month ago, and then you go ahead and ensure that you don't get him open out in the flats, well, guess what? Now you've got the the greatest wide receiver possibly in the game, and Justin Jefferson. So. They've got a lot of work cut out for them here in the rematch here back in Minnesota. Uh, I feel that they do have all of the check marks in place and that they do have everything that they need to come up with a victory here in advance out of the wild card round. New York Giants on the money line. 
How do you think they approach this game defensively? Because I remember after that game, Wink Martindale got a lot of criticism. We know that Wink loves to blitz. And I'm one I, I love when I see defensive blitz. It's it's one of my favorite things to see when I watch football. But people criticized Martindale because they thought he blitzed too much, especially in that last drive. It allowed Justin Jefferson to get open for those two big passes. Do you think that they take the same approach or do you think they make some adjustments in this game? I'll get what, you know, to keep, keep playing the way you have. It's You can't change that now, especially, you know, for, since you made it into the playoffs. The problem is, it's just like you said, the, the more you blitz, the more you're going to leave, you know, a, a massive target like Hawkinson open. It's just you, you have to pick your spots. Uh, and if you're going to go out and blitz, just make sure you get home. <laughs> That's all I can say. I really don't think uh, – you know, for, from my perspective, there's, you know, I'll, I'll, obviously I've got three very huge games that I'm going to be keeping my eyes on, but nothing more important, you know, in the 140 Pacific time slot than to uh, keep my eyes on the in-game for the Vikings and Giants. Yeah, absolutely. Let's let's talk about the Vikings real quick because we could, we could dissect the Giants all day. But what do the Vikings need to do differently against the Giants? Because you know, I said the Giants made a few mistakes that game that I think could have turned the tides around had they not made those mistakes. But what do the Vikings need to do if they want to win? Nothing, nothing different. Uh, Allie, the, the game plan that they had in place, sure, it took a, a, a miracle field goal to win the game, but they, they were fantastic with zero turnovers. Uh, they were, I think they only had two penalties. So that was great. You really can't complain too much about them not picking up 100 rushing yards or more. Uh, because they made up for it, you know, with with picking up third downs off of pass plays. They played a really fantastic, efficient game, and that's why they won. Uh, I mean, picking up 17 points uh, in the fourth quarter, you know, you know, certainly did help. Uh, you know, and, and that came from their defense coming up with, you know, a, a couple of opportune turnovers. Uh, you know, but I, I honestly think they don't need to do anything different. It's the Giants. And the onus is is definitely on them to make sure that they don't turn the ball over. If that happens, uh, then that you know leads to more ball ball control. And obviously, and I know we just said we wanted to talk about the Vikings, <laughs> but here I am realizing in the you know, the Vikings played a, a perfect home game, uh, and they did everything they need to win. It's 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 all on the Giants and keeping them you know off of that turnover sheet. I think that what scares me actually about the Vikings is if the Giants are able to isolate Justin Jefferson, if they if they devise a game plan where they do limit him and maybe even Hawkinson, Adam Thielen has been quiet all season. This this oddly feels like a game where he could just emerge and get eight, nine catches for over 100 yards and a touchdown. Would you be a very would you be a little concerned about Thielen, Robert? Yeah, I, I I wonder what happened to to Adam Thielen. I, I I think it's just a matter of you know players just simply not getting getting the targets. I mean, look, Jeffrey. I mean, what's a good game, you know, for, from a targets perspective, like ten eight, right? You know, in in the game against the Giants, he, he got five targets, right? And and you know, Dalvin Cook got four. You know, from the backfield, it was sixteen targets to Hawkinson. 16 to Justin Jefferson. That's going to be the game plan, and I don't think it's going to veer very much at all away from that. Thielen had, you know, a, a couple of fantastic seasons, uh, you know, but I, I think at this point, at, at his age, I, I think right now he's 
he's the third option, if if not fourth, if Dalvin Cook is out on the field. Yeah. What about Kirk Cousins? Because we all know Kirk Cousins struggles on prime time and in big games. I believe he did finally get a playoff win a few seasons ago when I think they beat the Saints. Kyle Rudolph had the game winning touchdown. But what what do you think about Kirk Cousins? Are we going to see the Kirk Cousins that struggles in big games or are we going to see the Kirk Cousins this year that has looked confident at times? Yeah, we darn well can. You're absolutely right. It's not like I mean, look, the numbers are so different right now because it's so quarterback centric. And if you look at his his total yards that he's thrown for the year, I mean, look, he's he's top five in in, in yards. Uh, he's thrown twenty nine touchdowns, uh, but he is quite interception prone. Uh, again, I I think you make a great point with Martin Dale's you know blitzing tactics. We continue to throw the blitz at him. Uh, who knows? Maybe we, we see a replay of what the Lions did to Aaron Rodgers Sunday night. Blitz him so hard that he has no time, uh, you know, to, to throw, you know, anything accurate. He lets one loose that he shouldn't have. And now all of a sudden you're looking at a possible pick six. So you're right. You know, keep the blitzes coming. But at the same time, if you're going to do it, you know, good Lord, get home. <laughs> Kirk Cousins definitely is is you know, more than likely to, you know, to cough the ball up. And, you know, if we can get him to turn the ball over on an interception, that's going to turn, you know, turn the game quite, quite heavily. So, uh, you know, uh, an efficient quarterback, definitely during the game against the Giants. Uh, But I, I definitely think that we can find a way to get him to cough the ball up at least once. I think that if you get Kirk Cousins rattled early, he's going to stay rattled the whole game. That's why, Robert, in the Vikings, all their losses, they were all blowouts against the Cowboys, against the Packers, against the Eagles, because if he struggles from the beginning, he doesn't recover from that. So I think the key is that first sequence, you need to get him, you need to bring the blitz, you need to get him uncomfortable in the pocket, you need to make have him make errant throws, and I think that's the key if you on defense if you really want to rattle Kirk Cousins. Well, Robert and I are both taking our Giants to pull off the upset. What about the over-under, Robert? Are you leaning over with this one or under? Well, so if, if I look at them both in the mid-20s, uh, you know, with, with the game going in the Giants' favor, Ali, this number is dead set perfect. Uh, I, I can't lean up or down right now because I, I both have them right around the 21-24, 24-27 score like on Christmas Eve. Yeah, I, I think I think I'm gonna lean over with that one too. I think there are gonna be a lot of points scored. Neither defense is particularly impressive, so I'm gonna go with the over as well. But I we will talk definitely more about this on Monday. I am hoping for a Giants victory and a game next week. So we will see. All right, let's move to the final game of the weekend, Robert. And that one's on Monday. We have the Cowboys and the Bucks. What are the odds for this one? So as I expected. Dallas on the road was going to be uh, a, a favorite uh, and it's set perfect. It's set at two and a half. The total is now 45 and a half. Obviously this game goes to three. Uh, we're going to get an avalanche of Tampa money. So this two and a half is probably locked in until, you know, kickoff on Monday night. Yeah. And in this one, it's probably my favorite pick of the week. I am taking Tampa Bay to not only cover, but to win outright. I've been saying it for weeks. If the Cowboys face the Bucs in round one, the Bucs are going to win. This this is a different Tampa Bay team that, than one that has struggled all year. 
Robert, you've mentioned several times they're getting healthier. The offensive line is getting healthier. And Tom Brady in the postseason is a different Tom Brady than in the regular season. The Cowboys, I don't know how they have the record that they are. They were helped very much by Cooper Rush when Dak was down. I believe he went three and one while Dak was out. But Robert, how have they been winning these games? Dak Prescott leads the league in interceptions, and he's played four less games than every other starting quarterback. I, I think that the Cowboys are I, – I think this is the wrong spread. I think that the Bucs should be favored. I think that too many people think the Bucs are terrible, which they're not particularly good. They wouldn't be in the playoffs had they not been in that division. But you throw away the regular season aside, you start anew. Postseason, I'm 100% on the Bucs. How about you? For, uh, for the fear of, of sounding uh, very similar to what you just said, I'm going to echo all of it. Uh, I I do think that Tampa uh, should be should be the favorite here. Um, it, not not a giant favorite, but I I do feel that Tampa's definitely the team here that's going to be victorious in their wild card game against Dallas on Monday night. Uh, healthier for certain, uh, more sound. I mean, by the way, so. You know, I, I we we discussed Dak Prescott and and, and Dallas and, and their ability to put up points, uh, you know, when when necessary, and obviously, you know, they they've certainly done that. But I mean, what happens? I don't know. Like like honestly, if we take a look at what happened with Dallas down the stretch, um, I I feel like there's there's clear that they've got success, you know, because you could just see their record twelve and five, second in the NFCs. That's, you know, that that's, we, we know that, but really is, is this how you're going to end the regular season at Washington putting up six points and losing, you know, I, I, yeah, I, I get it. The game didn't matter, but that's the tune up, you know, for, for a game, you know, going into Tampa, who's you yeah. know, super, super live. It's, it's not the right feel and definitely not the tempo that I expected Dallas to have going into their playoff game. Yeah, I agree with you. I what what if Dallas does end up losing, Robert? That'll be two years in a row that they were favored in the first round and then lost. Is Mike McCarthy's job at risk if they lose? No, I, I don't know if that's the case. I I do think that we, we need to take a good long look at Dak Prescott as a quarterback. Fifteen interceptions. You know, that's this isn't something that's new. You know, he's he's just, you know interception prone and and by the way that's 15 interceptions with not the full slate of nfl games you know we, we all know that as well so his propensity to throw picks is is right up there honestly if you found a player prop that said uh you know prescott over under uh one you know rather a half uh you know 0 0.5 interceptions you know i I'd, I'd have to press that over button you know several times can you imagine like yeah. Tom Brady, like the season that he had, forget about professionally, but like on a personal level and, and for him to throw almost 4,700 yards with 25 touchdowns and nine interceptions alley in this kind of an environment, like honestly, if he played behind the Eagles offensive line, like he played forever. I mean, he's playing forever right now, right? <laughs> it's just, he, he, what kind of a season would he have behind the Eagles? Right. Right. So I just this one definitely leans towards, uh, you know, Tampa. And, and, and I, I really feel that they're going to have great success on Monday night.
I agree with you. And we will talk more about the game on Monday. We're going to do a recap in the morning, but we'll also foreshadow this game there. All right, let's move on to our buy or sell segment for the NFC. Robert, are you ready for this one? (laughs) Always. I love it. All right. Buy or sell. The Eagles will not win a playoff game. Oh, my God. The way they ended the season. What what has happened? I mean, look, I get Hurts. You know, he he missed the time. And I I don't know what that's going to do to keep him in sync or out of sync. You know, then, you know, to play in a game where, the Giants, absolutely, you knew they were going to rest. And they they turned it into an absolute slugfest there at the end and wondered if uh, maybe the Eagles aren't going to get the number one seed. I am, wow, not win a playoff game. I am, wow, that, that took way too long and I was way too silent. So I'm just, <laughs> I'm you almost got me, Allie. You almost did. I will sell. <laughs> not winning a playoff game. I feel that they, they will get one, but I, I at this point, um, you know, for, for, for lack of, of, you know, keeping things fresh, I do feel like we are going to see them eliminated uh, certainly by the time they get to the NFC Championship. So I'm mixed on this one because if the weekend plays out like you and I suspect it will, then Tampa will play the 49ers in the division round. And then our New York Giants will play the Eagles in the division round. That's the third time we will face the Eagles this year. I mentioned Robert at the beginning when we were talking about Seattle and the 49ers, how hard it is to beat a team three times a year. Can the Eagles do it to the Giants? If the Giants are playing at an all-time high with their confidence, I've just seen crazier things happen. We beat Brett Favre in that historic cold game with Eli Manning. I just seen crazier things with my team when it comes to the postseason. So I'm going to actually buy this one. And even if they don't play the Giants next week, I don't think they beat the 49ers. I don't think they beat the Bucks. So I'm going to buy. The Eagles will not win a playoff game this postseason. Love it. All right. Love next one. And we kind of foreshadowed this before, but buy or sell, Robert. Mike McCarthy will coach his last game as a Cowboy this weekend. Uh, you know, I, I... – Tampa gets the win, but if it's like the way they started, so if they, <laughs> this would be almost impossible, but if they find a way to replay week one's drubbing uh, against the Cowboys, boy, it'd be really difficult for, for Dallas to say, you know what, let's, let's run this back again with Mike McCarthy. But does that happen? That's a real stretch. Okay, uh, I like I like buying when I go to your store, and then you got me selling twice in a row, Ali. So I'm gonna I'm gonna sell. I I think that uh, I I think that we're going to see uh, we're gonna see Mike McCarthy, and obviously if I just read read between the line of of your of your purchase here, um, uh, last game as a Cowboy this weekend, right? So I'm I'm, I'm assuming. Like we both said, we got Tampa winning, so this is the end of their season. Somehow I see Mike McCarthy coming back next year. (laughs) I'm going to buy because there's a chance if the Cowboys have an epic loss like they did last year against the Niners where they just totally botched having Dak Prescott run on third down when there was no timeouts and everything, that's going to come on to the coach. But also, if I'm Jerry Jones and I'm looking at my bright offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore, and he's going to be a hot target to for the open coaching vacancies. 
do I fire McCarthy and promote Kellen Moore to keep him on staff? Yeah, I think I do. So I'm going to actually buy this one. Great point. Great point. Yes. All right. Next one, Robert. Buy or sell. Dak Prescott will lead all quarterbacks in interceptions this postseason and will still only have played one game. <laughs> I think I just what did I put up. I put the prop of, of, of 0.5 interceptions and then push the over button. So does he throw two or more? And then, uh, wow, that's a good one. Um, sell. I'm selling it. Someone, Someone's going to cough it up worse. <laughs> I'll sell yeah, it. I, I'm going to sell too. Although I think he's definitely going to have multiple interceptions yes. against the Bucks. There's going to be a, 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 a quarterback that plays three or four games that's just going to probably have a few others, a few more. So I will sell as well. All right, next one, Robert, buy or sell. One starter from Wild Card Weekend will not be the quarterback starter for his current team next season. I, I am buying that. I am definitely buying that. Um, I am looking straight at you, Baltimore, and I'm definitely looking straight at you, Miami. Um, wow. I'm even looking at Dallas and Tampa. 100% yeah, buying that. 100% buying that. I, I think that you even maybe even look at Seattle. Who knows what Geno Smith is going to come back. Yes. We'll, we'll see. It's going to be interesting. So buying 100%. All right, last one, Robert. Here's the big one. Buy or sell. Tom Brady will reach the Super Bowl this season again. <laughs> Oh, God, why did I go so high in the sky? Yes, I'm doing it. I'm buying. I'm buying. Tom Brady's back in with the Buccaneers. What have I done? Bye, bye, bye. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm going to sell. I'm still going to ride my 49ers, though it will be an interesting matchup if the Niners do play the Bucs next week. I would be a little scared, I think, the Niners facing the Bucs because I think I said I think Tom Brady just turns it on in the postseason. So, I I will I will sell this <laughs> 32 to 1, folks. 32 to 1. Get your futures today. <laughs> we have to we have to bookmark this episode every time you say that <laughs> It could definitely be. All right. Well, before we sign off on the show for today, Robert, let's go with our final predictions. Who do you have in the NFC, the conference championship matchup, and the NFC Super Bowl team? Okay, so uh, since I just went off the rails and I just said that Tom Brady's back into the Super Bowl, uh, we'll have Tampa playing San Francisco, and then uh, there's 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 your there's your participant. It's going to be Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> what have I done? <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Niners win it all, but the the NFC Championship game, and I'll I'll admit half of this is my bias, but half I actually think it could happen. But the Niners and the Giants in the NFC Championship game. Giants beat the Vikings this weekend. They upset the Eagles next weekend and find themselves in the conference championship. Wow, would I be happy if that happened? <laughs> so would I. <laughs> All right, Robert, before we sign off for today, I want to thank you again for joining. And Robert and I will be back on Monday, like we said, to recap all the games from this weekend and get a little more in depth with the Cowboys and the Bucks. But any last words or thoughts for the audience? Yes, we are. I'm just, uh, you know, everything comes in waves uh, here at the sports book. And, you know, just from a, 
from a betting perspective, you know, with all the college bowl games now in the rear view mirror and obviously with football playoffs taking front and center for the next uh, the next month, literally for the next month, uh, we're, we're going to have as much content for you here as possible. Find us, of course, on Twitter at Nothing But Locks. You can find me on Twitter at Robert Kowalski. And uh, I'm obviously going to have as, as much content that I could join in with as possible so that we could get some tidbits and take a look and see how these injuries are going to continue to play themselves out going forward into the playoffs and beyond. Yep, I can't agree more. Keep up to date with us. Robert and I will have all your NFL needs. It's going to be a wild month. I'm really excited for it. I can't wait. I can't, I'm glad we get three days of football this weekend. It seems like forever that we've had football with no Thursday night game tonight. So, everyone, I want to wish you all a great weekend and take care. Bye.